My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And today I'm continuing my special series on medicine and the impact of medicine it's had in my life and what's available. And today, (laughs) oh my God, I'm so humbled that I get to speak with this woman and that I have met this being. And today I have the great honor and pleasure of meeting Sarah (laughs) Davidian. (laughs) And Sarah and I were introduced by chance. Um, I started doing medicine this year and a friend told me about her retreat. And I called this woman and I had never met a more powerful, beautiful goddess in my whole life. And it still holds up true. So with that, Sarah, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me and having Chi. (laughs) A little bit of energy in a dog form. I forgot that he was behind me, but he started to like make a little noise. So I think he wanted to be introduced. (laughs) Oh, what a cutie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, um, I'm so grateful for you. You, you have a company called spirit molecule retreat, correct? Yes. And, um, you had an experience of medicine and you said it was the best thing that ever happened to you in your life. I think that's what's on your, your website. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to share a little bit more about that sure. or not <laughs> or whatever? Yeah. yeah. I want to share just a little bit about leading up to the experience because I believe it is part of the experience. So I was learning how to scuba dive. And it was a great grace in my life. It was bringing up all my fear of of not being able to um, exit. And so I could have um, what you might call like uh, claustrophobia. And so usually people with that sort of condition um, don't feel super safe in elevators and sometimes airplanes and any small space. It didn't occur to me that I was going to have a freak out uh, learning how to scuba dive. But as I noticed myself descending into the water and realizing that my exit was not a quick one, And that my power was surrendered to something so awesome, Mm. so great. And I had so much fear. And I saw my um, loved ones just, you know, going straight down this, this rope to the bottom of the ocean, you know, 40, 50, 60 feet, like nothing. And I felt this jealousy and this envy and all my obstructed emotions literally came to the surface inside Mm -hmm. my being as I was descending into what I would say is the the womb of mother earth Mm. and the sensitivity Mm. I had to the awesomeness of it. I think that was what actually was 
giving me the most fear is like, I couldn't calibrate the awesomeness of diving into the womb of the mother. And it was blowing my circuits and rising up all my obstructed emotions. So I thought about just giving it up and saying, it's not for me. But then something inside me says, that's not probably um, going to resolve whatever wants to be resolved. And in the same week, my husband comes in my room and says, hey, you want to go into uh, Tulum with my sister and, and try this psychedelic called 5-MeO-DMT? And I had, I had heard of it before. I knew it was really powerful. My relationship to, to psychedelics um, in the past had been of not sacred relationship. So I felt very out of control when I had taken them before. And so my immediate reaction was just, no, no. Um, but then as I sat, and, and this I believe is the medicine already working with me, to me, for me, and through me, there was an inner yes. Mm. And so I, um, I grabbed my husband and I just said, okay, I'll do it. And he surprised himself, you know, he was surprised, was surprised by that. I was surprised by that. And yet it was going to happen. And it was really motivated by the scuba diving, um, not understanding where, where I, and why I was so obstructed and thinking that possibly um, being with this medicine could help me uh, have some understanding of where, where I was standing and all that. So that was my intention. Wow. Yeah. One thing I want to add is during the days before, I think I like decided on a Thursday and was going on a Sunday. And I was really scared that I wouldn't be able to sleep the nights before. I was really afraid, um, you know, I was going to change my mind and talk myself out of it. And I had these little white lights that were hanging in my room. There was seven, eight or nine of these little like Christmas lights that were always in my room at night that I would fall asleep and sort of look at. And I don't know if it was or wasn't, but I looked at them and they looked like they shifted and changed and they looked just like the spirit molecule. If you look at a picture of 5-MeO-DMT, it was like the lights had moved and made the shape of the molecule. And for whatever reason, whether that's true or not true, is true for me. And I took it as a, like a confident sign. Mm. So on the Sunday when I went to do the medicine, I was incredibly nervous. So when I'm incredibly nervous, I go to ritual and to what I know through ceremony and through Tantra and through yoga to do that makes me feel safer. So for me, I put on a white dress that I had specifically bought or, or actually it just bought me. It found me a few days before. Um, nobody had prepared me for it. This is a very different experience than what I provide in my retreats and why I provide what I provide because I had no no research, no preparation. Nobody told me to wear white. I had um, put some music on in, in the car that I felt could ground me. For some reason, intuitively, I, I knew that some tribal music, some drumming was important for me to feel safe. So I just Spotify picked something in the car. You know, this is like modern day <laughs> modifications here. 
and drive to the the teepee with my brother and my sister-in-law and when we got there uh they said you know he said women go first uh we were just the three of us and then this beautiful facilitator and i looked at my sister-in-law and i said i i think i need to go first because something in my mind said if i see see something I, I, I'm going to react to, then maybe I'll talk myself out of it. So I did go first. And when I was breathing in the, um, the medicine, there was just this intuitive feeling of, of just knowing how to calibrate the medicine as it was going into my lungs and, and to hold it. And, and I know he had told, he had told me some guidelines, but they went psh, like, I just was with the medicine and when I laid back um, in, in the teepee, I, I started to feel the medicine move through every blood vessel, every vein, like it was, it was the life force now. And that was very, as I've told you, Anna, like that was very overwhelming because we are not human beings like that are sensitized to that level. So it would have been nice just to feel that in my pinky finger, (laughs) 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 like just to start, you know, but just to have this like overall head to toe sensation of life force energy pumping, (laughs) we could have just stopped stopped there. And I would have been like, that was the best experience of my life. But here's the thing. The fear did start to creep in a little bit of like, can I be with this sensation? That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. And then, and I can't get out. There's, there's the claustrophobia piece. Like I can't actually exit right now. (laughs) It's impossible. So what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And the only thing I had was my inner dialogue, how I was going to talk to myself. (laughs) That's literally all I had. So for some reason, this message came to say to myself, this affirmation, I believe in affirmations. And I said to myself, this is medicine. This is working. And I didn't even know what that meant. What does that mean working? But that's just what my body needed to tell itself so that I could allow the process to happen. And as soon as I made that decision and had that intention and said those words, boom. I crossed the threshold. And what I mean by that is I just entered a place of no fear. There was absolutely no fear. And I became a feather. My body literally became a feather. I looked down and was not afraid by that at all. Thought, thought, this is beautiful. I'm a feather. And... (laughs) Right. And I'm, yeah. re- I'm breathing and I'm looking down, you know, cause I'm curious and I'm breathing gold dust mm. and it's fluctuating on the inhale and the exhale and it's sparkling and it's shimmering and it's, it's life force and it's gaining power as I believe in it almost as I just acknowledge it, it gains power. And I realize that I can even send this across the room or to the sky. Oh, wow. I looked up and I'm not very 
materially connected to my paternal side, my Armenian side grandparents. I have very little time with them, but I know they influence my life. And, and I have so much more to learn about my ancestry, but they were there together, still married, smiling, <laughs> happy. And the vibe was like, we love you and we're happy and welcome, really like yeah. a welcoming. Oh, wow. I looked over to my left and my teacher, my mentor, my, my compass when I don't have one who is no longer in the earth body, but so much alive was Ram Das, formerly Richard Alpert. And Ram Das was staring at me, smiling. We've been in contact in the earthly body, you know, together before, but he was there and he was smiling and he was nodding. And it was an affirmation of like, this is, this is what I was teaching you. Now you just get to be in it. (laughs) The last physical person I saw was my teacher now who I've been for years with and taught tantric sadhana and and a lineage teaching and I do mantras and I do um, visualizations to to deities that reflect back to me my own qualities when I don't know them myself and she teaches me how to do that and how to wake up enlightened activity within my body And she was there in all white dancing as she always is, grooving. And we were all dancing, me and Ram and Nita. And the vibe was, why do we doubt this? Why do we doubt this? It's so simple. I know you said this podcast was 30 minutes, but... Do you want me to keep going? Keep going. Yes. <laughs> okay. I do. Okay. I used to live in Hawaii. I used to live on Maui. And the first time I ever contacted highest wisdom when I was there was when I was swimming or just after swimming, I would start start to see orbs, light forms, light Mm. prisms, energetic containers. And I started to form a relationship to the mother. And I used to lay in in her water and, and I used to lay back, you know, 30, 40, 50 feet out Mm. from shore and close my eyes and tell her, I trust you and just take me in whatever direction literally and figuratively, you want to take me. And I would just see how long I could keep my eyes closed. And I used to just surrender and let the water take me. And I didn't know if I was going offshore, towards shore, north, east, south. But usually when I opened my eyes, I was always in the same place. Oh, wow. And that was my first practices of surrender, I believe that I didn't even know I was in surrender practices. Mm. So in this moment during the Bufo journey, guess what? I was there. I was laying in the water. I was 25. I felt 
everything not as a memory literally is time travel literally is time travel mm -hmm. and i had such gratitude that she has always mm. she he it they has always been with me supporting me and it wasn't like this past, present, future time anymore. That was, that was like, I just went there. And I got to bask in, in that feeling of how I used to feel. Sarah, can I share one thing that really strikes me mm -hmm. about your journey and what I'm seeing that I hadn't seen before? Is your, like the presence of it, what you said about, you know, the molecules, the spirit molecules and the, the medicine and all the cells, like there was a presence in everything. And what I feel with you, I've always felt with you since the first time I met you, is that's your greatest gift, is that your presence. And when we're in presence, there is no, we are connected to everything. But it's like, can I stand, can I tolerate the beauty of the exquisiteness of the divine? Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, when you said you're breathing in gold and out gold, I'm like, oh, that's the truth. That's the truth of this energy, but we don't see it. Mm -hmm. Like that is its color. Mm -hmm. But that's how present you were on your journey, because that's who you are. Since you brought up the gold dust, I feel like there's a message coming through that I wanted to share. And then if we want to come back to the Bufo experience, but I want to share this. A few months after my experience, I was really trying to find another experience that was like mine and it, I couldn't for whatever reason and I was really distraught not distraught but like disappointed and like as I was trying to research um, this medicine how demonizing and, and misinformed and and just ignorant and and probably um I don't even know what the word is like just covered up the truth is about this medicine that was really disappointing to me. Uh, and I had to sit with that for a while and, and realize that, that there are forces that um, don't want this medicine to be seen and heard the way that I'm speaking about it. And this moves me to tell you that I was looking um, for relatability and I've stumbled upon a book called MDMA from the club to the clinic. And I read this book, and in this book, it's the process of a former police officer who had been the first responder at a mass shooting in Australia. And he had first seen, and if anyone's sensitive to this material, you might want to pause this part. He had first seen at a stoplight um, the first victims that had deceased was a mother with her three-year-old and I believe six-year-old daughter. 
and he saw that and then he needed to continue on to see what else there was to be seen. But that particular image had stuck with him for so many years and, and so much PTSD. And he had been, you know, through alcoholism and then through therapy and, and through antidepressants and through every means possible to be okay, let's just say. And then MDMA was forming a training, a clinical study, a research that he was eligible for, and he took it. And his journals were published by my friend Dave, who wrote this book. Oh, wow. And in his journal of his first therapeutic supervised experience with MDMA, he went back into the scene. But this time, when he went and he saw the mother and the two daughters, they went from being deceased and, and how we see them to dancing with butterflies and then turning into gold dust and floating <laughs> into the air. And just the knowing from direct experience that that's actually what happened. reversed his PTSD and he can not sit with all the effects of that anymore because now he has his mind a new reference point of what actually went down and continued after what he witnessed and so I wrote I wrote to Dave the author and I he wrote to Nick the the firefighter, the fire or the police officer and told him like, Sarah wants you to know that she felt the gold dust too. Mm -hmm. And he was so touched because I think we long for this. You know, we long to, to know that what we feel and what we experience isn't a fluke or something we made up. So when we get to have that reflected back to us, like, Oh, I had that experience too it does make it more real because we're kind of working with the surreal. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up with the gold dust. No, it's profound. It's, there is a quote I got today about from, I should read this. Um, It says it's from Neil deGrasse Tyson, the astrophysicist. He says, the atoms of our bodies are traceable to the stars that manufacture them in their cores and exploded these enriched ingredients across our galaxy billions of years ago. For this reason, we are biologically connected to every other living thing in the world. We are chemically connected to all the molecules on Earth, and we are automatically connected to all atoms in the universe. We are not figuratively, but literally stardust. And that's what you guys saw. Yeah, that's what we become. That's what I became, is this gold dust, this stardust. And, and oh, then, wow. you know, that, that's so big, you know, that, that it's so expansive. It's just like, 
how are we going to now integrate that? Like, like, how are we going to bring this now back into embodiment, like back into like the human experience? And I think this is where my Bufo um, journey led me to where it led me next is all of a sudden, I don't know where I was in the world, but I feel like maybe I was in Africa and there was just all the most strongest wild animals you could think of the elephants the rhinoceros the lions the tigers like and and yet we were all stampede running through these plains and kicking up the dust and i was just with them and and becoming whatever that feeling is that would you would feel if if that was your incarnation and I feel like that was so grounding to me to just come back into the animal body or to just be with, with the density again, because being with the gold dust is so spaciousness. And mm -hmm. I believe the journey took me back into, into the animal life to just kind of bring me back into the material and to feel that spaciousness in the material in a way I'd never known it. Yeah, that we, I, what it reminds me is, is that, that we are this gold dust in this human form, mm -hmm. that we're both, we're the paradox. Yeah, that, that this is the beauty of being a human being. It's so mm -hmm. beautiful. We were talking about this before we started. It's like how beautiful and yet like how unknown and untouched. We haven't even scratched the surface of how beautiful our earth is and how beautiful um, our, our bodies are and our cells are. And, and just to bring it into like the very, very practical, the last thing I saw in my, in my um, experience was all the people that had been in my life, whether I wanted them to or didn't want them to, whether I liked them or didn't like them, that they were all supporting me. Yeah. Yeah, we're all angels in each other's lives and we don't know it. We just come in funny costumes and do weird things sometimes. Yeah. And usually you know, it's the ones I'm the most mad at are like the most angelic. <laughs> yeah, no. They, they signed up for the bigger lesson. <laughs> right. <laughs> you said something and I want to I, I wanna share this with you and I just saw it, the power. We talked earlier before this podcast about you and this plant. And what how what you gave to the plant. And I just saw what I just saw is that if we woke up and realized we're stardust, we could make so many things bloom. This this plant was blooming. And I realized when we real what I saw with you is that you're spreading your stardust all over. Like you can't help it. And that when people come into your presence, they start to bloom with you. They become alive again whether it's through your yoga or just being in your presence or, or going on a retreat with you. But that's the, it's like things become alive and bloom because that's what happens with mother earth. When we, when, when she's, we nurture things. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like I'm just seeing this like infinity mm -hmm. symbol and it's running like electricity. And it's like the more that I, give to the earth the more that i offer the more that i thank the more that channel opens up between us 
And then the more she lets me know. And when she lets me know, then the more people are around me who are letting me know too. And I'm not just saying like letting me know esoteric spiritual things. People are letting me know their sufferings and their fears and their doubts. And somehow with this circular wisdom, she's telling me and I'm telling them and then they're telling me and then I'm telling her and it's sort of like all connected. Yeah, conduit. Yeah, but everybody is a part of, you know, everybody is a part of it. And and something my teacher teaches and, and I really lean into this is that no one's special because we all are. Yeah. And so just noticing that we all are stardust and, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the truth. And we each have our own unique configuration of it Mm. that offers the world. Mm. We, um, you know, I'm realizing I need to make these longer, but I'm not doing it yet. Um, So my experience of working with Sarah and being on her retreats, it was a pinnacle experience of my life. And um, Sarah offers these retreats. And Sarah, where do they find you? How do they, how do they connect with you? This all be in the bio too. Yeah. Um, I love this situation here, just being one-on-one, whether that needs to be online or on a video call or in person. Mm. Um, So the best way to, to have that situation happen is to either go to my website, which is spiritmoleculeretreats.com and get a free discovery call. Or you could go to Instagram at my name, which is Sarah Davidian, Mm. and just go to the link in my bio. Yeah. Is there anything you want to say in closing? Mm. I think a lot of time when I'm in conversations with people lately and with myself, let's just, let's just say straight from myself, I'm being hard on myself that I'm not further along, that I'm not uh, more healed or more developed or better at this or better at that. And I just want you to know that you are perfect where you're at right now. Amen. I can't thank you enough. I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't know it was going to be this good. So much love. I love you so much. I knew it was going to be this good because you are. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye.